And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans. If you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are talking about 2018's The Nun and 2019's La Llorona. I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And um, let's start with... My chair is squeaking. I'm annoyed. I know. Okay. Mine, mine is kind of noisy, too. We're going to have to sit really still tonight. <laughs> I know. Okay. We can start with what's new with you, Katie. What's new with you? Oh, my gosh. So much, so much. This The second half of this summer has been crazy. I know that I talked a little bit previously about, you know, our trip to New York. And then coming right back from New York, I had a weekend where some high school friends came and stayed with me. And uh, we had a fantastic weekend. Um, and I did uh, link them all to that episode being like, hey, I'm talking about, you know, this this uh, weekend that you guys are coming. And they were like, well, you better because I said that we were going to do an escape room. And they were like, you got to say that we escaped. Like, <laughs> we did, in fact, escape from the escape room. We Katie's had... <laughs> uh, podcasting from the room because she lost. Because <laughs> I'm still in there. No, no, she's we had a, like 10 minutes she's a left. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really challenging. I was surprised because we were five, you know, I would like to think very intelligent ladies. And we needed all three of our clues to, to break out of that room with 10 minutes left in our hour. Um, but it was super fun. I had a great weekend with those gals. And then um, they went home, and just a couple days later, I had to uh, get ready and go out on a Girl Scout troop camp out um, for two nights with six 11- and 12-year-old girls, um, which is always an adventure, but it was a big success. Um, and I got home from that and got a good night's sleep, and I, I feel like I'm lucid and able to talk about movies again. Great! <laughs> What's new with you? Um, I've just been prepping for the school year, like getting my classroom ready, trying not to drive myself crazy, um, with expectations. I always hold myself like very, very high, ridiculous standards. I was not aware of that. (laughs) I know. If you look at any of my transcripts, I'm like, I, what's the point if you don't get a hundred? Yeah. You're an overachiever. (laughs) I'm ridiculous. (laughs) So I have to keep reminding myself, like try, but like they're also, they're also seven years old. Yeah. They're not going to know. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm doing my best and coming with integrity, I think it'll be, I'll be okay. And we also took, my boyfriend and I took my two kids to the Russian river and we went and saw (gasps) some friends. We got Airbnb. It was really fun. So, um, like one of the days we were there for like seven or eight hours at the, out at at the the river. river. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I would have loved to have had some actual water at our camp out. We did not have any bodies of water you guys were all just dusty yeah yeah literally because we were um we were helping remove the this invasive weed species at the county park that we were camping in and i was like when we after we've been doing that for an hour i was like it would be really nice to jump into a body of water right now but we just had to go back to the campsite and go lie down and sleep on your crusty pillows (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was really fun we went for our friend's 29th birthday she's a she's a puppy she's very much younger than me um and so we went and yeah it was just like a ton of people it was really fun all outside 
Um, we all came with our easy ups and brought food and my kids had a blast. They were like, you know, like my son wouldn't get out of the water for like <laughs> hours and hours and hours. And because of the drought, um, <laughs> he was pretty much, the water went up. He didn't go to the deepest part, but like he could hang and it was like to the top of it, like right below his shoulder blades for like oh, a lot of the time. That's really sad. It is so bad. Conserve everybody. Conserve your Conserve water. Conserve that water. In California. Yeah. Also. And stop setting fires. I know. It was really fun, but also I was like, oh, this is really sad. Yeah. But that's a bummer. We had fun. We I also rented a kayak and we did kayaking. Oh, that's fun. So it was good to get away before the craziness. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I am doing tonight the, we are, you know, we're talking about two movies in one episode. Because, it's a twofer. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really feel like there had to be one move one episode devoted to the nun or la Llorona. like i mean i loved them both but i liked him too but also it's like summer's going by it's like uh, yeah, yeah we're running out of time people <laughs> for a summer project and i'm like ooh, we're getting this like right in like it's a photo finish yeah let's sandwich these guys yeah so i'm gonna do the recap of the nun um i kind of included a lot and I have it, Katie can see, I have everything in, like, slightly larger post-it notes than usual. <laughs> it's very antiquated, all the handwriting on the paper. Yeah. Because um, I don't like typing. I don't know. I'm a weird person. But whatever. Anyway, so, <laughs> it, it, that's what happens when you spend a year teaching remotely. You just don't want to be on the computer ever <laughs> anymore. Unless she you're starts, playing video games. <laughs> you're just etching all of your notes into pieces of bark. I know. I'm like, I don't want to be on the computer anymore. <laughs> Give me my quill. <laughs> okay, so, so the nun stars Damien Bashir. Um, is that Frenchie or the priest? He's the priest, I think. Father Burke. Yeah, I love him. But I, for some reason, I'm blanking on other stuff he's in. He, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, like Weeds, I know he was on that show Weeds for uh, like never a drug dealer. <laughs> So, you know, good transition Well, piece. he's like uh, the head. He's like the jefe. He's like in charge. Oh, okay. Um, and then Taysa. Taysa? Taysa? Taysa Farmiga? I, w- I would say Taysa, but I don't Taysa? know that that's Taysa? true. You know, send me hate mail. Um, or Taysa. Or don't. Taysa. Email us and tell us how to pronounce your name. Farmiga. Farmiga. Who, coincidentally, is the younger sister of um, Lorraine, the actress who plays yeah. Lorraine. Warren. I used to think that they were that she was her niece um, because there's such an age difference. But then mm-hmm. I realized that there's like twelve children in their family, mm-hmm. and Tysa is like there's the like youngest, a lot of siblings. and and Vera is one of the older ones. Yeah, all beautiful, all amazing. Yeah, great, says, um, Vera actors. is twenty one years older than Tysa. Yeah, yeah, that is a spread. That's quite a spread for children. Oh my gosh! I mean, I've had children. They were they were twenty one months apart, not twenty one <laughs> years apart. Mine are twenty two months. <laughs> Um, okay, so let me start with, um, the film opens with, uh, Lorraine Warren talking of a figure that appeared, um, you know, appeared to her show, and it showed, the film shows scenes from previous movies, um, and then, you know, she's talking about a, a demonic figure, and it's a nun, um, because you see Ed painting it at one point, and we're just like, as a viewer, oh, what, what the yeah, heck Yeah, that's is that? all content that was originally in Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, 
So this leaves if you're kind of wondering where this demonic figure came from. Um, then we're told it is in uh, 1952 in Romania at St. Cartha's Monastery. And we see two nuns that we don't, I mean, we don't, not familiar with who are walking down a very dark hallway. And um, one asks the other, can the relic truly save us? Um, the other nun opens a door to like a dark, very dark room. I, you know, um, and she says, you know, have faith, sister. She, it seems like a dire situation. She seems oh, yeah. to be in like danger. Yeah, they're um, they're at the end of their rope, clearly. Yeah, and the nun who's waiting in the hall in that dark hallway is praying, um, but then she briefly sees the other nun who is attacked, and she um, quickly tosses a key to the surviving nun before being dragged away, and now left all alone with this. It looks very ancient, like a very ancient key in her hand. Um, she's kind of like, forgive me, father. And she goes and she hangs herself. Um, and the viewer, we can see that she's being kind of pursued by a dark entity. And it looks in the window's reflection like a nun. Um, her body is discovered by Frenchie, a villager who um, delivers goods and um, you know, necessities to the monastery. And the Vatican is informed of the suicide. Um, so because it's a suicide, obviously it's like a very big deal, especially a nun. Um, and the father Burke, um, that's where he comes in. He's sent to investigate and he went, goes and retrieves, um, sister Irene, who is a no, novitiate. Mm-hmm. Novitiate. Um, she is not taking her vows yet. And they're asked to go, um, investigate. And, and sister Irene is, is Lorraine. Yeah. Sister Irene. Is she Lorraine? I think that that's the implication. I don't, I don't think she is, though. I've always wondered about that. Well, I mean, it's like, wouldn't she, like, be like, oh, that's my friend, Maurice, like, years later? Okay, sorry. Well, let, we can talk we'll, about we'll get to later. that at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, so they, the situation, they go to, to investigate it, and, um, so they arrive to Romania, and they ask Frenchie, who, he's very reluctant to go back, because he had seen, like, a very gross bloody scene when he see, discovers that nun hanging it's very gruesome and then the nun appeared to be hanging for some time and um she has like some blood that's like sort of seems like it's pulling below her body and very fresh and it seems very very unnatural and very odd but he does agree eventually to take to take them as the three of them arrive at the abbey and they bury the nun that frenchie had discovered um at the beginning of the film they find a key in her hand and they they decide to hold on to it uh they kind of it's i'm not really sure if it's like kind of an entryway or where where they're going in and they talk to the abbess mm-hmm. um and she, she's kind of covered in in a shadow and mm-hmm. is wearing a dark veil uh she tells them to stay in the, uh, the night in the attached convent and informs them that they will they'll be able to ask questions of the nun the following day because they can't presently because they're um the nuns have taken a vow of silence for the evening um so they can't really answer questions and, and talk to them quite yet. Frenchie returns, starts to return to town. On the way home, he's re- attacked by a demon, um, uh, which is really terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're left with Father Burke and Sister Irene kind of chatting a little bit over dinner at, in the convent. We learn at this point that Father Burke has had some experience with uh, demons he exorcised a boy named Daniel, but who was unfortunately fatally injured during the exorcism. Father Burke 
appears to be very impacted by his death. Um, and then Sister Irene reveals that she has had visions since childhood that, um, you know, during where they kind of ended with the phrase, Mary points the way. Um, both of these revelations um, inform the viewer kind of a little bit why the Vatican sent them, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Because it seems very odd that they would randomly send people who have dealt with demons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the supernatural. Um, so then in the night, uh, Father Burke sees a figure that looks like Daniel, the boy who he had failed to save, and he's attacked and then buried alive. Sister Irene is roused out of sleep and sees a nun, and then she hears Father Burke in the cemetery, and she finds that he's been put into a grave, and she manages to dig him out. Um, the following morning, Sister Irene is able t- to enter the abbey. Um, Father Burke is not able to because the nuns are cloistered. They can't have, like, a male come in at all. And so she talks to the nuns um, and finds out that they are praying constantly to keep an evil entity contained because the wands sealed, um, you know, rift, portal, <laughs> portal ground was yeah. open during some bombings during World War II. So they kind of constantly are praying to keep the evil at bay. Father Burke outside of the abbey in the um, kind of waiting area, I'm going to call it, <laughs> the abbess. Um, he's researching what's going on. He discovers that the abbess is actually dead. And then he sees the demon Valak. Um, he's nearly killed, but then Frenchie sees him. He returned from town because he kind of was feeling like they might be in danger. He was feeling super heroic and adorable. Yeah, he was like, I need to go help. Um, they manage to enter the abbey, um, you know, through a you know backdoor area, and find Irene has been praying with the nuns, um, but they uh, and she feels like she, she thought she was with them, but she's actually alone. She's talking to nobody. They yeah. were had all been killed. Um, so now knowing that they must what they must do, they have to go and retrieve the relic, which we saw the the two nuns at the beginning of the movie trying to retrieve it. Uh, which is turned out to be Christ's blood. Apparently. I love the part when there's like the blood of Christ, and Frenchie goes, "Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ," <laughs> just to like clarify, not Jesus from like right, right, not Frank Christ, <laughs> Jesus's brother. So um, they need Christ's blood to seal the rift before going to do this. Sister Irene decides to take her solemn vows as a nun. Uh, so then they enter the dark tunnel where you see that first nun die, uh, that nun die in the first scene. And Sister Irene is lured away and then she's possessed. Father Burke is uh, injured by a demon that keeps appearing to him as Daniel. But Frenchie manages to save Sister Irene. As Sister Irene and the demons sort of tussle, I guess, in the water. <laughs> yeah, there's a little scrapping going there's on. There's like a water area. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like a room that appears to be flooded where this yeah. rift is. Yeah. And so she takes the relic and it breaks in her mouth, uh, Sister Irene, as she's like being drowned by the demon. She fills her mouth with the blood of Christ. With the blood of Christ in a she very looks, communion-like uh-huh. scenario. She looks like passed out or dead or something and then uh, spits Proceeds to spray the demon's face with uh, Christ's blood. Straight um, from her mouth. <laughs> straight from her mouth. And then Frenchie reveals... Uh, it, well, actually, um, let me go back a, a moment. The demon is, appears to be vanquished. It's the, everything point, seems yeah. okay. Like yeah. It kind of like disintegrates in a gross, weird way. Um, so then the following morning, they bury all of the bodies of the nuns they had found who had died during that time. 
uh, Frenchie reveals that his name is Maurice as they're like loading up the wagon to leave. Um, and then the viewer notices him. He's kind of like rubbing the back of his neck. And we notice a uh, an upside down cross on the back of his neck. So as a viewer, we are, if we are fans of the, the franchise, we are familiar with the, um, the character of Maurice now that we know his name. Because we see that, um, you know, he has been possessed by Valak. So the next scene is uh, 20 years later at the university um, and seminar. And we see Caroline Perrin, she's attending, and Ed and Lorraine Warren are presenting footage of a possessed Maurice, who was the Frenchman who had a, what, a third grade education or something. Yeah. Um, that's what Canadian tomato farmer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're like, how, how did he get this way? They weren't like quite sure how he got possessed. Um, he was speaking all this very in-depth, crazy Latin. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like full circle, kind of the yeah. prequel, and that's the nun. Hooray! Hooray! I, I did it. You did it. Huzzah! <laughs> so my question, Katie, is this was this movie scary to you? Uh, I thought it was really scary. I thought that it had a lot of. Um, really scary settings and scenes and moments. I think that the visual of um, of the nun herself, so it's an actress, right, that plays... Yeah, Bonnie something. Bonnie something, that yeah, that actually plays this character of Valak, the nun. Um, and so we've already seen her in, um, you know, she was the, the prime uh, evil spirit character in The Conjuring 2. Mm -hmm. There was a little hint of her in Annabelle Creation. Um, oh, the picture? Yeah, where uh, Sister Charlotte has the photo of her with the nuns that she'd met in this mysterious Which abbey. I meant to like find a screenshot or something mm -hmm. to see if it was like the nuns from this movie. Oh yeah, if the if the actresses in Sister Charlotte's photo matched the actresses they used in this movie. Yeah. And I, I didn't I was like I'm yeah. going to do It'd that be kind of hard to tell. Happened. With, yeah. with the habits on. Honestly, they all kind of look very similar. They kind of look the same. Like yeah. their faces yeah. showing. But so, Valak has been a real pervasive character in a lot of these movies, and she is terrifying. Like, the, just the, the aside from her being this nun character, the um, vision, her face, her the way that they make her mouth and her teeth and all these things to make her look scary. She is very, very terrifying looking and then on top of that i feel like in this movie they they took advantage of the setting um to create so many of these spooky scenes of like the graveyard in the forest or you know like one of the notes that i wrote down is that i got real exorcist vibes out of this particularly with like father burke's um role in it where he he rolls in like the old priest you know, we're like, yeah, he's Father seen, Mary. yeah, he's seen some shit. He knows some shit, and he's like, okay, it's it's another demon. Let's deal with this. You yeah. know, like he's been around, and he's the one that they call. Um, but there, well, it they, seemed like there was like definitely intent, like when they call him in. Oh yeah, like, they're they're like, well, first of all, we don't want to admit that any of this stuff is going on because we're the church and we want to make everything seem peachy keen. Um, so we're gonna try and figure this out and then sweep it under the rug as quickly as possible. Um, but, uh, some of the scenes that, um, stood out to me as like super scary. I loved that, you know, I, sister Irene's experiences, um, particularly like the first time, I think it's the first time that she really sees or experiences Valak. Um, you're saying that was, it was the night that father Burke ends up 
buried alive. And when she first wakes up and she ends up in that chapel Mm -hmm. and there's like the shadow. And this is something similar to what happened in Ed Warren's office in Conjuring 2, where the shadow is moving across the wall and you're just kind Mm -hmm. of tracking it. And then it, you know, you see the hands behind the painting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where in this case, it was like it walked into behind her in the image of of a mirror. You know, but mm-hmm. it was that same kind of like the building of the tension in a really, really scary setting. Mm-hmm. And then there's an, another part later after Sister Irene's gone to bed in one of the rooms in the convent and she wakes up and there's a, a nun kneeling in the corner of her bedroom facing away from her. And she's like, huh, hey, Hello? <laughs> what's up? You know, and then like the the nun when she like the nun in the corner moves suddenly, it's that cracking sound, Mm -hmm. you know, that we talked about in um, Annabelle creation of every time when the demon moves that like crackling joint type noise that they they use in those situations. It's super scary. Yeah. So it's uh, very unsettling. (laughs) Very unsettling. So those were a couple of the moments that um, I wrote down as being like, yeah, this is this. This was a pretty scary point. uh, oh, another thing that I wrote down that I thought was fun, because you had mentioned with um, Conjuring 2 that at one point in the Warren's home, you could see the letter spelling out Valak's name around the house. Mm-hmm. In yeah. this one, um, the name Valak is in the license plate of the truck that Sister Irene and Father Burke accidentally put their luggage in when they first come to the village. And then, then it like drives away with their luggage. It, Valak is in the license plate. They want it on our minds. Yeah, they do. They're they they're doing their best. They're it. doing their best. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I guess I should ask you, you know, your opinion first before we jump into this whole timeline continuity, who is who question. Did you oh, think yeah. it was scary? Did I think it was scary? Um, I thought there were parts that were scary. I I don't know. Like I enjoy seeing Valak sometimes, but then sometimes she's like. Eh! <laughs> you're over her and then i'm like okay like, i don't know i feel like i enjoy her more in the sh- she's scarier to me in the shadows and then mm-hmm. sometimes seeing glimpses of a- glimpses of her face yeah i think when you see just like the demon like struggling and you see her face and she's like eh, and you're like okay you know like after a while i get a little bit that's not shocking to me i yeah. don't know yeah like I said, I think, I don't know, if, if you guys have listened for a while, like, I I always enjoy more, like, the unknown. Yeah. Um, and but with, they, like, small glimpses. You have to admit that they get to a point in the movie that they have to step up in, in what they're exposing, you know? Like, well, the, the revelation to has like to a, increase. There had to be, like, a fight of some kind. Yeah. So, I guess it makes sense. Um but, then, but yeah, it does invariably make it less scary once it's kind of quantified and completely out there in the open and not hinted at just like, hey, this is Valak right here. This is all of her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I've got yellow eyes. And you're like, oh, and then sharp teeth. And you're like, oh, OK. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're scary. Yeah. You're all wet. Ew. You look slimy. Um. I guess the part that, okay, I kind of go back and forth. Like, this is scary and not. Uh, when Father Burke is buried alive. Mm, yeah. Uh, suddenly. And they're like, how is that, hap- you know, how has that happened? Um, I mean, he does kind of overreact to that. I feel like everybody knows if you're buried alive, then you you want to, like, not panic and use up all your oxygen all at once. And he's just losing well, his I'm, shit. I'd be losing my shit, too. Let me be honest. I think <laughs> what, 
what annoyed me was it's like the overgrowth over the grave. Oh, yeah. Family, like, completely, like, oh, he's completely. Yeah, he's been there for years. That's the point. Oh, but that annoyed me. I don't know. (laughs) I I just had a hard time suspending disbelief for that part. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, there's demons, of course. Him magically being buried under the earth would have been fine as long as the earth above him looked freshly dug. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I did have, I don't know, like a weird, like monastery connection. Mm-hmm. So listeners, this is a little bit strange. You're about to find out something about Meredith. <laughs> this is something you're going to find out. It's always on my like, um. True truths in a lie. Yeah. Cause like nobody gets it. I mean, who's going to, but when I was a kid in Switzerland, when I lived there with my family, Full disclosure, my parents live there now, so... But then we moved back to the States when I was a kid. But I lived in Switzerland and St. Gallen in a convent with my family. And it was a, an apartment that they... Um, where priests came to visit in, and stayed. But, we, like, we stayed there long-term for, like, a year or something. Um, so this convent was built in, like, the late 1300s. So this... I mean, it was... Very creepy. Um, there's a. Gra- it was hella old. Hella old. It was. Uh, there's a graveyard next to it, of course, for like when the nuns died. Got to bury shit. You know, you got to bury him. And, now, was um, the grass grown over though on the graves? Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there were nuns there who. What they did was they people like walked up. It was kind of like on a hill, and down in town was uh, where people lived and stuff and they'd walk up or drive up to the they called it the cloister mm-hmm. okay so they drive up and buy cookies they're like these weird <laughs> recipe that the nuns made and so, so people it was would, like switzerland's girl scouts <laughs> sort of and they make these cookies and sell them um i know if i tasted one again i'd be like flashback to like childhood because mm-hmm. you cannot find these anywhere they like don't exist mm-hmm. um so they would sell these these cookies to to the the public so i walk home and there'd be like an area where you came in and it's right outside of the church and they had like candles and stuff and then like kind of like a dumb waiter but not like it was a person behind it and it had like a a shutting door but i don't know like a window yeah. kind of it's like those, what do they call them, the automats back in the 50s? with Like yeah. a diner where you would buy, basically buying food from a vending machine, but it was really just a person on yes. the other side of it. It was a nun on the other side. It was a nun on the other <laughs> side. On the Jesus other side. Christ. <laughs> it was a nun on the other side. Giving you cookies. Uh-huh. So I'd walk <laughs> home, and I'd be coming home from school, and my our apartment was right at the bottom of, uh, well, the door was at the bottom of where that area was, so I had to walk through that corridor area. Vestibule, maybe is yeah, like sounds a better. Like a, yeah, way solid to say word. It. Yeah. Um, and on the way through, the nuns who'd taken a vow of silence, by the way, they could never talk to me, um, except for like Mother Superior and some Sister Madeline, and I'm naming other nuns that talk to me a lot. But they would like hand me a cookie in case they're listening. Yeah, in case they're listening, <laughs> they're like in a hundred and one. But they'd hand me a cookie on the way home from school. So Aww. I'm like, this is a very unique childhood experience for sure for sure sure. living in a freaking old ass nunnery as a child in europe so hey free cookies yeah i got free cookies 
So, um, yeah, but there was, like, the graveyard where the nuns were buried right outside my parents' window. There was, like, one night where I opened an old shutter window. It was, like, they, they didn't have curtains. It was, like, a shutter windows. And there was, like, bats on the other side. Um, <laughs> so it had a very, like, Romania, old country kind of feel. Yeah, like Dracula it. was there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, I, 100%. Like, I slept in a single bed where there was a cross over it. It mm-hmm. looks like where Sister Irene was sleeping, honestly. Yeah. Like, their apartment was, like, my apartment a little bit, <laughs> where, where they're staying. So I think I find it very weird like a callback a little bit where I'm like, did it make oh, it, it more like or less scary for you? <laughs> it made it less scary. Probably. Okay. Okay. You're like, there. where are the cookies, bitches? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it seems like old and gross, but then also that's where I lived kind of. Yeah. So it's, 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 it made it less weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So then I guess the, the last thing to cover with this is the dispute of whether or not sister Irene is Lorraine Warren. Because when I when we first saw the movie, I took for granted that that was the intention. Like, why else would they cast her sister in this young character's version? And then the way that they link it to using the um, previous footage from earlier Conjuring movies of Lorraine Warren, that connection to Valak, they do it at the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. And so I always like took it very much for granted that Sister Irene was Lorraine. Um, which meant that it bothered me that the timeline didn't add up for how old Sister Irene was supposed to be when these events took place, um, contradicting the timeline of Ed and Lorraine's supposed relationship from, you know, being, you know, when they're like teens or something. Yeah. So was it not your interpretation that Sister Irene was Lorraine as a young woman? No, I don't think it was. Because, like... Father Burke knew the name of the demon, and well, he f- he found it um, in the book that he found in the yes. grave that he was buried in. Yeah. But she doesn't say ever in the movies when Ed is like painting it, like, "Oh, I compounded that exact same demon when I was a kid." Like, which also uh, seems suspicious. But when they showed um, at the end of the nun, when they showed, they called back to this um, the scene where they're showing the exorcism video to the audience that Carol and Perrin was in. Mm-hmm. They cut to Lorraine, and she's like casting her eyes to the side, like, oh, like mm, maybe she's kind of keeping something like maybe that oh. was her secret well because he was like oh she we don't know how she he, got, he never like, explicitly says that i mean they don't go into that much detail when they're talking about maurice when they're introducing those videos they don't talk at length about it yeah um and so he doesn't really say um how they came to be t- you know involved in maurice's case or you know and they give very little information about maurice's background but they did seem a little bit stymied like not really sure how he got possessed i don't remember them specifically mentioning it at all about the origin of his possession they're just talking about the exorcism okay i don't know um, he just seemed they just seemed like it was odd that he was like a farmer like how did this I don't know how this happened with this random guy. Okay. Yeah, I, that wasn't, I didn't get that vibe from them in, in that um, that scene. And so I thought that it was weird that it didn't add up. So I guess that it would make more sense if Sister Irene wasn't Lorraine, because then it, all of these things that don't add up shouldn't add up because they're not mm-hmm. actually the same person. Yeah. But then it's like, why why make those um, those connections? You know, why, why cast Tassa Formiga? 
Well, like she's great. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. But maybe, maybe not Lorraine, and maybe we're we could be like reading too much into it. But it could be like a family member of Lorraine, a like relative, somebody who's like maybe has the same kind of visions as well. I don't know if we be. need if we like look into the canon of Lorraine if she definitely yeah, like, sure. mentioned like having a family member, a mom or sibling or parent or yeah, somebody who like also had the same thing. Because she does like, I mean, on. she makes statements that discredit it. Because like at the end of um, Annabelle comes home when she talks about like her you know experiences with Ed when she was young, where it's like because when I looked it up the year that Lorraine Warren was born versus the year that the nun is supposed to take place. It's like she would have been third, 25. Mm-hmm. So if Sister Irene was Lorraine, she would have been 25 at the the time that the events in the nun took place. So that would have been like well past whatever age she would have like run off with Ed and made her parents mad, you know? Yeah. And I guess like I'm like, oh, she took her vows, but then also there's nuns who take vows and then exactly. go back to, exactly. like, normal, you know, like, living a life where they fa- have a family and yeah. marry a, a man. Yeah, and I, yeah, that was <laughs> or definitely... Not. Or not. You know, that's their their journey, if they want to do that. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. I think that I, I'm sure that the reason I always entered it with that assumption was the casting choice. That yeah. it was like, why would they pick a young woman that looks exactly like Vera and then construct the movie with like, you know, footage at the beginning of Vera talking about her experiences and then close it with Vera talking about her experiences and then have Tysa in the middle having this experience if we weren't, if they weren't supposed to be the same woman. I guess, I mean, I guess it could be interpreted into a few different ways. Yeah. If you assume Father Burke maybe never told her Sister Irene with the name of the, the demon. Um, like during yeah, their that's encounter. a good point. I, I don't know if it um, it ever came up. Yeah. So maybe he never told her and then maybe she like went on and then met. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I mean, in the end, it probably does make more sense that she's not actually Lorraine mm-hmm. as much as I hate to let go of that connection. I really wanted it to be young Lorraine. Well, it's it's sort of like a a theory. A theory, yeah. Yeah. But it w- that was one of my, like, you know, not a criticism, but a, a critique of this thing is that was a it was a departure from the universe canon of, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, here's a story about young Lorraine that doesn't at all work with the whole story that they've told about her yeah. and Ed to this point. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be super far-fetched because we know she's very, very religious. She right. like, has, like, a deep set Yeah, base. it's plausible. So it's not entirely unrealistic. that. And I know other people who went and joined the church and then left right. or did other things. and Yeah, well, and know, especially, like, fine. an experience Found like other that. other callings. Whatever. Yeah, with, like, you could see getting disillusioned or, you know, changing your mind about something like that after such a traumatic experience. Like, Ooh. I think also, I mean, to kind of quickly get away from what the... Um, the idea of this being Lorraine Warren, but I forgot to quickly mention what I thought was a little bit very scary about this is the fact that the presence of religion and religious people who are who are very like have a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> it didn't yeah. really matter like at all. Yeah. And they're just kind of like just torn through. And that's yeah. why I'm like, oh, man, like always in movies or not, maybe not always, but a lot of times like demons kind of cringe or that they're impacted in some way yeah. by like the presence of religion or religious words being said to them or other things. Yeah. So to me, I was like, oh, this kind of deviates a bit from that formula yeah. of uh, a priest is here saying words at this de- demon, then demon's like, ah, and then, yeah. you know, um, you can talk to, was it Morgan in The Exorcist or whoever they're like... The cop? Was it... No, no, no. The Exorcist. Um, the girl who was Oh, possessed. Reagan. Reagan, that's it. Morgan. Whatever. 80s name. Or 70s. <laughs> I was like, wh- who's... Morgan? I, was there a Morgan? I don't know. No, I just made that up. Yep. It's very similar. Anyway. No, but you're so. right. Like, I, And maybe that's the, the idea that Valak is that much more powerful a demon that... It actually takes the literal blood of Christ to have any impact on her because you could be saying holy words and throwing holy water and there's crucifixes up and down all over this shit and Valak does not matter. care. She's does like she not care. She don't care. <laughs> or he it whatever. He it thing whatever. And then in the end though, it didn't. It didn't work either. But sorry, saying the name works. Yeah, that's when, that's a good Lorraine, point that the um the links that the yeah, the what Lorraine did to dispel Valak in conjuring too was really just calling it by its name. Yeah. And but having a herd of nuns having a herd of nuns praying twenty four seven, three sixty five. No, doesn't no, work. No. Nope. Mm. <laughs> having the blood of Christ spray <laughs> in your face. That just shows how much more Jesus powerful Christ. um Jesus Christ, not one of those other Christs. But then Lorraine Warren. But I digress. Sorry, those are just a few of my uh, um, grievances. <laughs> grievances. Your, your of, uh, dogmatic cr- criticisms. <laughs> I mean, listeners, I lived in a convent, okay? you Give her a break. I'm very... <laughs> she took cookies from nuns that had a vow of silence. I'm, I'm very knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like those cloistered nuns let me come in and, you know, like... I saw where they lived and like nobody else had. They're like, you're like the first person who's been not in the church. who has been allowed in to this area where the nuns were. It's in, only because in, it like, was hundreds uh, of years pre pre cell phone era. So you couldn't take like selfies of it. Yeah. I was like, I just had my stories and now I'm telling everybody in a podcast. <laughs> that that's fine. And they're going to hunt you down. So um, we can move on to La Llorona. So, released in 2019. Katie, you were doing the recap tonight. You betcha. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The Curse of La Llorona. Oh, Um, yes. The Curse. The Curse. So, the full film title, uh, in case you, like I earlier today, I'm trying to find it alphabetically in your Apple Movies queue. And you can't find it. Yeah. It's not under L for La Llorona. It's under C for The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, it was released in 2019, which was the same year as Annabelle Comes Home. So that was a two for year for the Conjuring universe. Um, so this film opens uh, way, way, way back in Mexico in 1673, where we get a little bit of a hint at the origin of the legend of La Llorona, which at this point is just kind of general of a mother drowning her sons, which fucking sucks. Let's not do that, people. 
Um, but at this point, you know, still just kind of a brief, brief intro of this, this, uh, this legend. Um, and then we jump immediately to Los Angeles in 1973, which, uh, time-wise in the Conjuring universe, this takes place between the events of Conjuring 1 and 2. So we start out by meeting a widowed single mother, Anna, um, who works for CPS. She's a caseworker for Child Protective Services, and she has two kids, a son, Chris, and daughter, Samantha, they call Sam. Sam. Um, so uh, first thing we see is Anna is visiting a uh, CPS case client of hers, Patricia Alvarez, to find out why Patricia's sons aren't in school. And after uh, visiting their apartment, she finds the boys locked in a closet um, for protection against some mysterious she. Uh, and at this point, Anna's kind of assuming that um, it's protection, the boys' protection against their mother. Um, but they kind of make some statements that refute this. But at this point, it's all just, it's still kind of convoluted and ambiguous. Um, but the boys are removed from the home and the mother, Patricia, is locked up. Um, but that night at the group home, um, Patricia's boys are attacked by a white clad entity that is marked by distant sobbing noises and puddles of water. Uh, the boys' bodies are later found drowned in the L.A. River, which uh, I believe the L.A. River is that weird cement aqueduct that the aqueduct, yeah, which often co- completely empty of water. <laughs> so yeah, you see it in like Greece. Yeah, yeah, that's where they, they do the drag <laughs> racing and stuff. It's like in Chinatown and everything. Yeah. It's like there's never water in that shit. How do you dry, drown in there? Yeah, there's a drought. Also, we know about this drought. So For real. Suspension of disbelief already from the get-go. Already. There's no water anywhere <laughs> to be found. Okay, continue. Um, so the boys' bodies have fa- been found drowned. Um, so Anna, being the, the good mother that she is, she, you know, when she gets the call in the middle of the night, she doesn't leave her kids alone at home. She packs them asleep in the back of the car to go to the scene to see these dead boys' bodies naturally um and at the scene a hysterical patricia in the station wagon yeah in the super safe station wagon um so uh the boy's mother patricia is there um and she's obviously clearly upset uh very angry and she's blaming anna saying that anna is responsible for the boy's death um said that patricia tried to stop la llorona from getting to her sons and so this is the first time that we hear that name that la llorona name uh, um and so this is all, like, news to Anna. She's like, what? Who? Huh? She's like, I'm white. <laughs> I, I'm Italian. Yeah, we, we should point out that. Um, so obviously, uh, what is it? Uh, Patricia Alvarez is Hispanic and as are her sons. And um, Anna, our main character, um, she is white, played by Linda Cardellini. Um, mm-hmm. But her children are um, Latin and were, we kind of then learn that her uh her dead husband uh, was of uh, Latin descent. And so there um, she has that, I guess, connection to that community. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um so uh, while this is all happening and Anna's um, kids are waiting in the car, they have their own first encounter with La Dorona, which is a very, very scary experience for the two of them. Um, so then the, the next day we're back at the site where the boys' bodies are found and we see Raphael, who is, um, performing a smudging, a quote, smudging ceremony for members of the community, which is kind of like if you're saging a house to ward off evil spirits or whatever. So he, he's doing that. So Raphael is played by Raymond Cruz, who I love. 
Um, I love him in Training Day. <laughs> he's adorable. I I first remembered him from Under Siege, um, but he was also in The Rock, and he was in Alien Resurrection, and he's just adorable and wonderful, and I love him. Um, so, you know, uh, Anna is visiting the site. Um, she sees Raphael performing this smudging um, ceremony for, you know, concerned members of the community. Um, and while she's standing there, she is approached by Father Perez of our Annabelle fame. Um, and he is, you know, talking to Anna and um, Anna asks him about, you know, have you ever heard of La Llorona? And Father Perez is like, maybe I haven't heard that in years. Um, And so he takes Anna, you know, into the church and they have a conversation and he fills her in on the rest of the legend of the, quote, weeping woman about the um, the jilted woman who, you know, she happily married and had these two boys. And then she finds out her husband is cheating on her. And so to punish him, she takes away the one thing that is most valuable to him by drowning their children. Then, of course, she's uber regretful, as any woman would be in that situation. Um, and that, you know, creates her in her this this demon spirit. Um, and so, you know, hearing this, Anna kind of takes it as like, okay, it's a, a folk story. This is like a cautionary tale that you tell kids. Um, you know, not not really believing that, the, you know, it has any merit at that point. Um, but one thing I did like from this conversation, and it's something that comes back up later in the movie, is that one, uh, Father Perez, after he offers her, I, I can't remember if it was a cross or a medal or something, um, and uh, he tells her, you don't have to be religious to have faith, which mm-hmm. I think is like a really strong message in general in yeah. society. Um, and for, you know, a horror movie to kind of just throw that out there, like, hey, guys, like, you know, church is great and all that, but it's like, it doesn't have to be about organized religion, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can be, you know, something else. You can fight demons, too, if you need to. <laughs> word, word. Like, it's, it's not about sacraments <laughs> and mass. Valak, and it doesn't it, matter. Yeah, no, if it's Valak, you, you got to have the blood of Christ in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I liked that statement that he made. You don't have to be religious to have faith. I think that that's, that's a valuable statement mm-hmm. outside of the horror movie. Good genre. message. Yes. Um, so now back at, at home, um, Sam, uh, Anna's daughter, has another um, encounter with La Llorona. And now both kids have been marked by when she grabs their arm and then she leaves these burn finger marks on their arms. Um, and so both kids now have been marked in that way. Um, and then randomly we see Raphael ex- inspecting the interior of Patricia's apartment. Now, you know, that she's gone and the boys are dead and everything. I don't know how he gets in there or what, what the reason is. He just walked by the caution tape. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know Toss what? Over. Guys, I got this. I got this. He just walk in. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's in the 70s. Like, no crime scene was <laughs> no. even remotely contained yeah. back then. <laughs> they didn't even have tape. <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> um, and so... Meanwhile, there's more disturbances at Anna's home, and then eventually she sees La Llorona for herself for the first time. And so she's like, oh, shit, this is real. Um, And so Anna uh, goes to question Patricia, who's still locked up, because, you know, she's been told that Patricia has an alibi for when her sons were killed. And so it's kind of mysterious. And Patricia is still furious with Anna. Um, she still blames her for her son's death and says that she has prayed to La Llorona to take Anna's kids as revenge um, instead and to return Patricia's boys to her and take Anna's kids instead, um, which is super healthy 
and reasonable. Well, you know, <laughs> at this point, what else does she have to lose, right? Yeah. Like, she's got nothing else to lose. Yeah, she's a hot mess. She was a hot mess to begin with. They're like, CPS <laughs> has been calling her so many times. And yeah. And she, yeah. You know. Is she, are you drinking again? No, it's La Joana. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. lady. So your kids are locked in the closet. Alrighty. She's like, why doesn't anyone believe me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then after Anna visits Patricia, and now we're back at their home, La Llorona continues to attack the family. um, And, you know, her presence is constantly around, like, spooky stuff happening. And then eventually, you know, uh, Chris gets uh, hurt to the point where he needs medical attention. So then a CPS check actually occurs where Anna's own CPS colleagues are coming to her house um, to check on her children which is like you know insulting and she also but she looks rough yeah no she's she in bad been shape sleeping. she's in bad shape she's, she's been through some shit yeah she's like what I don't, yeah ooh. and they're ooh. like you know listen bro we love you and all but you see why we why we're here and why we got to do this um and then of course you know her kids are are telling the people like mom didn't do anything this is not her but then of course that's exactly what real abused children would be saying yeah they don't they don't yeah. exactly take their word for it yeah um, and so before the um, CPS officials leave, uh, one of them actually does tell Anna that Patricia had been released from custody because they had they didn't have any evidence to keep her on. So now. Yeah, she had an alibi. Like, yeah, solid. yeah. So they had that. We've got that in the back of the, the story that Patricia is now out on the streets. Um, so after the CPS guys leave, um, the kids finally tell Anna, like, everything that they've seen, all of their visions of La Llorona, everything that's happened. And so all three of them are on the total same page of, like, this shit's going down. Um, and so there's another attack on all three of them. And so finally Anna hauls them off to see Father Perez for help. Um, and he sends her to Rafael, um, who we learn at this point is the term is curandero. 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 Um, So he was a priest at one point, but he left the, you know, official church role and became a a faith healer um, within his community. Sort of like a shaman, right? Yeah. Um, And so, uh, you know, she she goes to see Rafael and he sees the marks on the kids' arms and he knows that that means La Llorona. And so he, like you know, packs his bag. He's like, holy water, check. Crosses, check. These seeds and this herbs and that sage and all in his little knapsack. And he's like, let's very, like, rock lost this boys shit. situation. <laughs> totally. They're like packing up their stuff. They get the garlic. And, like, putting exactly. Their exactly. Um, and, and heads off like he's, he is there for their, their war um, and goes with them to their home to help try and, and fight her on, on their home turf. Um, I did love when they're when they're first kind of um, setting up the home. I, it kind of resonated to me as like a Home Alone sequence when they're like setting up all these like <laughs> religious booby, tra- booby traps all around the house, um, and some of them are based around these eggs. And they're like, you know, Raphael, what the fuck's up with these eggs? Um, yeah. And he does this little thing where he, you know, says these, you know, incantations and he cracks the egg and this black stuff comes out. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw that on Johnny Carson. And then all the eggs start spinning. 
and they all explode, all this black stuff everywhere. Um, but the interesting thing I thought about that part is in that moment, it's it's on their dining table and Chris is sitting on one side and then Anna's sitting on the other side with Sam on her lap. And then all when the eggs explode, all this black muck everywhere, it splatters all over Anna, the mom's face. There is nothing on Sam. And the marks on Anna's face match the marks that you see on La Llorona's face when she appears. Of like oh. the, the back black gooky traces. Oh yeah, the tears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then um, we find out that when Raphael was visiting Patricia's, Patricia's apartment. Is that what her name was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Patricia? yeah, the mom. That yeah, Alvarez. Yeah, kids yeah. Taken and then. That's what um, he was collecting from her apartment. Was some of La Llorona's tears he got into a little vial. They're like a. Listeners, they're like a tea, like tar. Yeah, it, yeah, like it's like a black tar-like consistency. Like a black slime. Yeah, and so normally when you see her face, it's like dripping down from her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Raphael had collected some of those from Patricia's apartment previously. Um, so I thought, you know, that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So they've got uh, they've got the house all, um, you know, geared up for for her arrival and everything. And now they're just kind of waiting. Um, and at this moment, like this was another point where it kind of calls back to the statement Father Perez made um, that I really liked is while they're waiting for it to happen. And Raphael's making them some food to eat. And uh, Anna asks him, you know, like, well, Father Perez said that you turned your back on the church. And, and he says on the church. Yes. God never. Yeah. And yeah. so I think like again making that point that like organized religion is not a prerequisite for faith. Yeah. You know, that yeah. you can reject a, a man-made organization or structure and still have, you know, faith in your own way. And so I I like they reminded me of what Father President said, so I liked that statement too. Yeah. They will I mean they want viewers and everyone to know their alternative routes aside from like Filing paperwork with the Archbishop. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, <laughs> like, it's okay if you haven't gone through baptism, All first communion, tape. and confirmation. You still have protection against demons. <laughs> yeah. Well, because that, that constant theme is found throughout the Conjuring yeah. universe. Like, oh, we can't help this family. They're not They're not Catholic. Like, that, they yeah. didn't want to step in with the parent family, for example. Yeah, then, or we've been waiting for, for the church approval with, mm-hmm. with the Enfield poltergeist, and they get it after everything's already done. Yeah. And then, the but this movie is like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we don't need it. Yeah. Um, so then at this point, you know, it kind of be La Llorona lays siege to the house, basically, for this prolonged um, series of scenes at the end of the She's movie. She's like, I'm home. Here. I'm coming in. Bitches, um, <laughs> make stuff happen. Um, and so during that night, when all of these events are occurring and the family is battling her, Patricia actually shows up, you know, because she's not locked up anymore. And she is um, trying to trade Anna's kids for her sons again. Um, and she allows La Girona back into the house. Um, so the, the battle is kind of um, amplified at that point, And the kids are hiding in the attic where the final confrontation takes place. Um, and Chris, um, the son, Chris, he has um, a necklace that at one point they had captured from La Girona. Um, that was actually hers and he uses it to kind of appeal to the spirit and has placated her a little bit. And um, at this point, kind of Patricia, you know, sees the light, realizes that, you know, what she doesn't actually want to hurt Anna's children. And that um, so she ends up 
freeing Anna from the basement that she's trapped in so that Anna can get to the kids up in the attic. And in the end, Anna stabs La Llorona in the heart um, with a cross made from what I put down was her kryptonite tree because I can't remember... It was whatever tree, red wood, red something, something fire tree, something. It was the it was the tree that was there where she drowned her kids, and so it's the one that she you know has power over her, or whatever. But Raphael had had a cross made out of the wood from this tree, and um, Anna was able to stab her in the heart with the cross, and she disappears. Yeah. I think it was just, like, the kind of tree that was there. Yeah, not the exact yeah. <laughs> tree itself, yeah. That, like, witnessed her yeah. misdeeds Yeesh. and had power over her Yeesh. or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a kind of a happy ending at that point that they they have expunged her and they're all super grateful to Raphael and everybody survives. And, they... and he said, this house is clear at the end. <laughs> you betcha he did. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> the same accent. This house is this clear. house it's is clear. clear. <laughs> yeah. We need to do that movie one day. We'll oh, do it. yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that mm. is The Curse of La Llorona. Did you think Good it recap. was scary? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, really? I mean, I thought parts of it were like, oh, that's a little bit entertaining. I thought mm. I thought it was entertaining. I didn't. That's find a good it, word. I didn't think it was like terrifying. Yeah. Um, I wrote down some scary moments on my little. I have listeners at home. I have smaller little. Yeah, she had post-its. bigger post-it notes for her recap of the nun, and her La Llorona notes are on smaller post-it notes. Because I don't give a. um so a scary moments the part where she goes to what she's called by her colleague whoever's in charge um and she goes to she's found out that the boys have been drowned she Mm. goes to drive down to the aqueduct with her kids in there in the um when Chris sees La Llorona yeah. outside the car. Yes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So the station wagon, that's the word I was trying to find. Yeah. Um, he's in this, he sees this figure. He runs to the station wagon. They do the cracking noise again. Did you notice? No, like when he I didn't first know. sees her, when she's like crouched in the alley and she's crying and he's like, what am I looking at and everything? And then she oh. does a, and oh, the, yeah. When she sees oh. him, there's like the cracking noise. So, is that just the noise demons make? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. It's the evil noise. <laughs> um, so it's like the coldness. There's coldness and then three o'clock at night. Yep. Or, or in the morning because of the uh, Trinity and all that yeah. stuff. And, uh, and, and then that, cracking. Cracking. Yep. So when he's, he's, uh, Chris is in the car and he, they have like the manual like windows. Yeah. Again. And he's like trained, like they're kind of like. Trying to crank it up. By themselves. Uh, going down because La Llorona is trying to, like, get in. And yeah. then um, the, he's really scared. He, like, wakes up his sister. And he's like, ah, Sam. And she's like, what's going on? You know, and they're like, she sees her brother's distressed, but she's not really sure. And then she starts to getting all hyped up and scared, too, because he's screaming his ass off and, like, yeah. afraid. And um, so I thought it was, I wrote here, damn old-timey windows <laughs> with their <laughs> manual, like, turning them, yeah. rolling yeah. them up and down. Hey, that's the kind of windows I had growing up. Me too. So, what yeah. car did you drive when you were younger? Oh, uh, I had an Acura. Oh, the okay. Acura Integra. Okay. Yeah, we had those uh, Integra. The Integra. <laughs> um, and then I, you, you didn't. You kind of touched in a little bit that they were terrorized by La Llorona, and then they both were like attacked, and then subsequently like marked yes. by her. Yeah. 
So the part where she's out, uh, Sam's outside playing the swimming pool with the swimming pool. Oh, and she like sees it through the umbrella. Yeah, she's playing with that like clear umbrella. She has her galoshes. She's doing her singing in the rain. Having a great old time. (laughs) She is holding the umbrella at an angle and you see this like figure in front of her and then she moves it out of the way because she's like what's that and then mm-hmm. she moves it and then there's nothing there and it you know <laughs> gets closer and closer to her and then the the umbrella gets like knocked out of her hand and into the pool and you're mm-hmm. like sure she's gonna be thrown into that pool but then yep. she you just know grabs the umbrella and yeah she's better but then she's marked and you know like yeah. terrorized yeah but I thought that was, you know, a little bit scary. I like, I enjoyed that. And then, of course, the um, when Sam's taking a bath, mm. rinse please, rinse please. And then, I don't know. Like I thought it was scary, but also a little bit hokey. Yeah, kind of, because you see like this demon's hands, and you're like, that's like, it seems like something you'd see in a scary movie, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. It felt like, but I, I, I thought it was good, but also a little odd. Like, her mom's like, we have a demon. We have something terrorizing us. Sam's just chilling upstairs by herself in the yeah, bathtub. Like, you're though. already not supposed to let kids just sit in the bath by themselves. You know, I yeah. mean, I guess she's not little, but. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit odd. Um, I mean, but- Anna was pretty stressed at that point. Yeah, she'd had no sleep. Yeah, she was drinking a lot she'd of wine. She'd been swinging bats at the demon. or Is this a demon or a ghost? I don't even know. And like an entity that yeah. takes your children. Is it like Babadook? Okay, so it's not a demon because it once existed in human form. That's what Ed so always is says is the difference between a demon and an inhuman spirit and a ghost. So is this a ghost? It must be like some. Yeah, it's like a ghost, but it, it's one that it, it has w- a vibe of um, sinister, like that demon oh. or that entity. Babu. Uh, Bagul. Bagul. Yeah. yeah. It does kind of, but I think, you know, they do in lots of movies, like, talk about ghosts that, like, people who die under really traumatic circumstances. So they're you vengeful, know. vengeful spirits. Vengeful spirits, yeah. So there's so much yeah. trauma surrounding their death that their ghost becomes a problem rather than just a basic ghost. But what I, and I, I don't... I want to be a basic ghost. I'm, I'm going to be an extra ghost. <laughs> I'm so basic. Super I'm, basic. I'm frozen yogurt in the afterlife. <laughs> but what I, now that I think about it, I didn't listen so super carefully when Father Perez was telling Anna the whole story because... Now that I think about it, I don't really know how she died. Because she drowns her sons. I think she drowned herself. Does she? Then she drowns herself? I think so. I don't remember. I think she took her own life yeah. in some way that involves water. I think water, it's, it's very difficult to drown yourself. I don't know. She, I mean, found, did, she found that L.A. aqueduct and right? made, it, made it work. <laughs> well, like the river she drowns her sons in in the movie is like, it's, it's like, flowing. you know. It's a flowing it, river. It's like eight inches of water. Like you have to work really hard to drown someone in there. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like a standing water Puddle. situation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think there are only a few more moments I thought were interesting. So, I, I mean... Sometimes when movie in movies like this, I have to kind of reach for stuff like, oh, that's scary. Let me write that down. <laughs> Versus I am uh, terrified. When the son was being dragged, when Chris was being dragged by down the hallway mm-hmm. and the shaman stopped him and then threw the sanctified tears in the face of um, of her. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. 
And of course, when they they seal the house and by leaving, what is it? Seeds. It's of that the tree? seeds of the kryptonite tree. Yeah. Yeah, the seeds of the kryptonite tree, and the spirit. She's like making a racket in the back of the house, and then but then Sam is left in the front, and she just wants to get her her doll. doll yeah, which I really wanted that to be a Raggedy Ann as like a a good throwback, an homage to Annabelle. It was like yeah. almost a Raggedy Ann, but it was just a it was a generic rag doll. Yeah, she so she was like reaching for it. She didn't break the seal, but then she accidentally did, yeah. and then she gets like kind of magnetically pulled out, kind of yeah. like from the waist out, like yeah. like into the pool. Well, and that's one of those moments, like when you're watching it. I feel like I have some friends who say, "Oh, I used to like horror movies, but I couldn't watch them anymore after I had kids." And I'm like, "Well, that's stupid." Well, I don't have that problem. No, but moments like that are definitely you see them differently because in that moment, Anna, the mother, has just you know is like watching her daughter, like she's just feet away from her, just get ripped out of the house by this unseen, violent, Crazy supernatural entity. entity. Yeah. Like that's. That's, like, next level scary if you're looking at it from Anna's perspective as well. Like, let's not, not to downplay Sarah, Sam's expe- experience, but um, the mom's experience of, like, seeing that happening and not being able to do anything about it is, like, really, really scary. Yeah. Plus, you can assume it's, like, she's already dealt with, like, an insane loss from the death of her, her dad. husband. Her dad. Her husband. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and also, she's in her line of work uh You'd assume because she cares about children yeah. like a lot yeah. um, and families. And um, so she's a very nurturing, probably person to begin with and just wants to protect, especially her own kids, but then other kids too yeah. in, in bad situations. God, and her kids are so damn cute. The They're kids cute. they cast in those roles, they are the cutest two little kids you could possibly and they find. Don't seem, they don't seem to be. Like, of course, Chris got out of the car to go check it out, whatever. Yeah, but they're not but like they the, don't seem... They're not the shitty horror movie kids that are, like, making all the wrong decisions and making everything worse. Like, they're... Yeah. They're pretty clutch. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of Lulu Wilson's character. A little bit, yeah. Um, I am forgetting her name. Linda. The, Linda, yes. Yeah. Where they're like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. They didn't want to... I felt like they didn't want to tell their mom yeah. um, what was happening to them because they were like, mom's already like grieving yeah. and she's already having a hard time. And Well, and that's also yeah, kind know. of a reflection of, you know, the actual, the nature of child abuse. Like, it, you know, if we're talking about her being a CPS worker mm-hmm. and, you know, the way that children respond to situations of abuse, like they, they don't you know, voluntarily open up and immediately tell people, you know, because there's, there's shame and there's guilt and there's confusion. And so like, it's, it's kind of analogous to have that going on with them in this situation with their Mm -hmm. mom being in that line of work, because they're having these experiences, but they, they don't necessarily immediately want to tell her all about it and own up to it. They're like, no, 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 it's fine. We'll just pretend it's not happening. Yeah. Kind of, like, protecting her in a little bit. A little bit, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, mom's stressed enough. She's barely trying... She's trying to get us out of the house and keep it together. Yeah. Um, and then there's these spirits trying to get us. And it's, and then, but once mm-hmm. they got on all at the same page, that was a big difference. Yeah. Um, so I had... The two notes that I had about this... Um, one was was kind of like a general that occurred to me when when I was writing the recap and I was like, OK, so now we're launching on the like final epic quote battle scene, you know, the showdown scene that makes up the last third of the movie. And yeah. I was like, this happens in every Conjuring movie. 
And then I was yeah. like, wait, does this happen in every horror movie? Does it? Maybe. Does it? Like, that's what I wanted I to know. ask, because when I when I was like, oh, every Conjuring movie has this thing. And I'm like, wait, I kind of think well, that... Well, there's always the climax. Yeah, but it, it's then, like the, the you know, the battle. We're like, because what does Ed say about possession? Like, the stages of possession. And it, mm-hmm. like, ramps up to, to the, to, like, a climactic situation. Yeah. And so yeah. it makes sense in any movie that's, like, talking about a supernatural experience. It would build and build and build. And yeah. so the movie would naturally result in this final showdown basically yeah but i i bet that if you like went and looked at most horror movies that the majority of them have that kind of like final fight at the end yeah i mean it's always like the climax and then all the characters finally getting on board yeah, eventually. Okay, we all believe. All those finally. skeptics didn't... Freaking finally, yeah. And then <laughs> and then they're like, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so I think that's the general formula. Of, yeah. Like, that, you mean, you could see that in, like, what we said, Poltergeist. There's The Exorcist. Yeah. There's, like, you know, all these different possession movies where mm-hmm. something weird, weird, something weird, the character notices mm-hmm. something weird, ah, oh, this is creepy. There's always the person who's like, ah, oh, I saw this crazy shit, and someone's like, yeah, sure, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, the person who's, you know, yeah. full of whimsy and, and not really <laughs> the best, uh, most re- trustable, trustful? Trust- trustworthy? Trustworthy, that's the word. <laughs> Source. And then, but you like know, even even the, the slasher thing. movies, it's kind of like you know, it's like oh, there's a murder here, and oh, there's a murder there. But there's still usually at the end like one concentrated showdown conflict. Yeah. Between your protagonist and your antagonist, Jamie you know. Lee versus Michael. Right. So whether it's you know a human and a and a slasher villain, or if it's a human and an inhuman spirit, or whatever, like I feel like that's a really, um, you know, common formula. And it's funny because it nev- I never thought about it in those terms until I was writing the notes about this movie, and I was like, recap, recap, recap. Okay, now we're in the final showdown scene. I'm like, wait, do they all have showdown scenes? Oh my god, they all have showdown scenes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, otherwise it's like. This crazy shit happened. You're like, well, the end. Like, the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's not very satisfying. Right. Um, I think. I think the execution varies on how the oh, show sure. happens. Yeah. Um, like you made me quickly think about Lights Out, for example. Like there's yes the weird thing with the little boy. Um, the sister's kind of like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. She eventually realizes there's something amiss. And you think her boyfriend, who she's kind of loosely dating, yeah, is going to Yeah, who's bail. like the best guy in the world. Um, but he surprises everybody. So there's always like, there can be like the surprise character, a surprise yeah, reaction. Or somebody like, um, you know, saving the day or yeah. doing something very, um, kind of out of the blue. Or you're like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Or I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. So I think that takes like that very old formula and keeps it. Spicy, I guess, is what I would say. Spicy. Spicy. (laughs) So, yeah. So, speaking of that, the one, the last note that I had about La Llorona that um, I thought was worth questioning, because I don't know, I don't know if I have the um, experience to speak to this. So, it's just kind of like a question to pose for thought. um, Is, is this story an example of cultural appropriation or cultural representation? 
Because oh, with the with it with that, it being that, a folklore, Latin American cultural, um, yeah, their their folklore, um, and it it being something from a non-white cultural background. Mm-hmm. Um, because the frustrating thing is, you know, the the cast is so diverse, except for the main character is still a white woman. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like they they couldn't they couldn't go that far for it, but it is taking you know, a, a pretty well-known legend from Latin American culture, because it's something that I had heard of before they ever made this movie. Yeah. Um, and, and using it and like bring it to the forefront. So it's like, okay, well, we're, you know, amplifying this thing that's from a non-white experience and that that's a good thing. But did they do it in a manner that, that is positive or were they just kind of ripping it off a little bit? I don't feel like it was ripped ripped off. I feel like the main character's ignorance made it worse. Mm. And made it, like, she escalated things in a way. Like, she thought she was helping. She's like, I... Not to say she had any, like, I know better than you because I'm better than you because you're uh, Hispanic and I'm white and obviously I'm, I'm better in yeah. different ways. Like, she's married to a... Um, like a man who was part of the community she's like lived there and her kids are also mixed heritage also um so to me it didn't it didn't feel like um i always get so annoyed from movies where they're like we're gonna like the white savior kind of yeah thing kind Um, of yeah although in this i mean Raphael was the real savior he was so but in this movie she messed things up worse. She, yeah, like her she ignorance led to yeah. things that were worse. If she worse. had been Latina, we, we would have been in well, better shape. <laughs> maybe she would add more context yeah. and been more like, oh, some shit's going down. Wouldn't have had to wait so long to reach out right. for. <laughs> um, so maybe she would have realized a little bit like, oh, she's not having a breakdown. The mom's like she locked her kids in the closet. Yeah. But then a lot of it was based in super, superstition. And yeah. Yeah, I don't really yeah, know. So, yeah, even if it had been, like, an Anglo-based superstition, she probably would have been just as skeptical at yeah, the outset. we will always have somebody who's super skeptical coming in and ruining everything. God Otherwise, we're not going to have a movie. skeptical bitches. I mean, <laughs> it happened in Ghostbusters when he came in, and he's like, he's like, I'm from the EPA, shut it all down. And we're like, boo, environments, boo the environment. <laughs> That was quite a connection to make right there. I love it. You're welcome. (laughs) I just watched that with the kids the other day. Oh, really? Did they like it? Well, they loved it, and they're like, is someone from the EPA bad? And I was like... (laughs) Well, in in the 80s, they were. (laughs) In this case, yes. But the EPA, they're like, they didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, well, they're using the power grid and doing stuff they weren't supposed to. But, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, yes, but speaking of kids, um, just very briefly um, for the parents' corner of this, as we've said multiple times already for all the movies in the Conjuring universe, that they are all accurately rated for how scary they are. They don't contain a lot of other problematic content in terms of swearing or drug use or gore or sex or nudity or anything like that. Um, but they are very, very scary. Now, these two, um, Meredith and I, I think, kind of agree are, at least definitely La Llorona is less scary. Mm-hmm. Possibly the least scary of the movies in the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nun is, is scarier. 
What was Lajuona's rating? I don't even know if I looked. I didn't either. I need to look it up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the recommendation would um, kind of still be that, you know, if you were going to show this to quote unquote younger kids, which would be like the, you know, maybe 10 to 13 age range, um, they you would want them to have a background in scary movies already, have already seen some scary movies and you, uh, you know, have a good idea of how they respond and whether or not they're okay with stuff before you would jump into anything from the Conjuring universe. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's rated R and I don't... La Llorona is? Yeah. The Nun definitely deserved the R rating because it was bloody and had a lot of craziness. And murder and murder. murder. Yeah, and the nun was definitely the scarier of the two. And yeah, you know, it was just dead silence as we both searched up on <laughs> our phone. La Girona well, was. Oh, this says not not rated. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. <laughs> this is not. This is, is not the American one. <laughs> yeah, it's rated R for sure. Okay, yeah, that's R, <laughs> R also. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I would say that. The Curse of La Llorona is, like, very tame. Very tame. Yeah. You know. And you have, like, a spooky witch character. Spooky witch character. Kind of along the same level as the first Conjuring movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably... I mean, of course there's always, like, murdering chil- your children. Yeah. And drowning them. I mean, if you find that problematic. That's happening I don't know in, what like, you're doing all here. the movies. <laughs> so many movies is people murdering their own kids all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like these people have children and they thought to themselves, hmm. Do you know what would be messed up? If we're like, let's get an Andrea Yates vibe here of like drowning your own kids. Oh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would say La Llorona is definitely something that's, you know, a kid could, who's like your daughter who, who watches scary would yeah. not be super phased by it. And yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's not quite as nightmare inducing as some of the other conjuring movies. Definitely not. But I think that the nun, if only by virtue of the face of the nun, mm-hmm. like that image alone is with her is glowing pretty, yellow eyes. Yeah, and the teeth and the all of that, like that that's terrifying. So of the two, the nun is scarier. But in terms of appropriateness for all the other criteria there's really nothing to worry about. It's just the whole Conjuring universe is, you know, safe, except if you're going to, you know, they're never yeah. going to sleep again. Sure. <laughs> it's So Katie says, fine. Fine. Show your 12-year-old, 13, whatever. Yep. La Llorona. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about La Llorona, too, and, and really I'm almost the nun, too, now that we've established that it's possible I've been wrong this whole time and Sister Irene is not actually Lorraine, that yeah. they... <laughs> That you could watch these movies without having seen any of the other Conjuring movies. You don't need yeah. context to enjoy or appreciate them, especially La Girona. That's the most detached yeah, it's completely, from the universe. As a very weak link to yeah, the Yeah, just other Father movies. Perez. Yeah. The, the link of Father Perez to Annabelle is the only connection. Who was the character who took the Annabelle doll, he was listening to a baseball game, Aww. and then got... Fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> Tried was, to take that doll into the church, and Annabelle like, was not having it. I'll just take Annabelle it. with me. Don't worry. He's like, ah, oh, these Padres. I don't even know who. Well, who was he listening to? I can't remember. Probably not the Padres since they were in L.A. Were they Dodgers? Probably Dodgers. Oh, ooh. Ugh. 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 Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my boyfriend's a Dodgers. 
<laughs> Let's get him in here. Eh, boo. Yeah. Um, I did forget also my one grievance, like you're talking about the uh, La Llorona, like, you know, different parts of it than what you had a problem with or what you like enjoyed. I forgot to mention that I really had a problem with the timestamp of the, uh, you know, the woman who yes. um, drowned her kids. 1673 was the... 1673s. Yeah, the Mexican... Listeners, okay, so I taught fourth grade social studies last year, and we talked a lot about the rancho period, and they're like, this rancho, you know, swept her way off her feet, and, and then she got mad when he, she found him in the other arms of the other woman, and then drowned her children, and blah. So... But then, tale as old tale as, old as old time. time. <laughs> but then I'm like, that happened in like the late, I mean, the Rancho period in Mexico and California. It was in the late 1700s. So, yeah, a little, little off. I mean, a little I off with their facts. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, I think it's more likely that they didn't invest a lot in their historical research. Yeah. Also, though, it's like a simple. Google search. <laughs> you know, I'm not asking Just put a like lot. Just like 1700 something. <laughs> and then, and then bam, you're, you're guilt, you're golden. Yeah. You wouldn't have me annoyed. They just picked a number out of the air and it was the They're wrong like, number. This is very old times, the 1600s. It was 1127. Right before the witch trials. It <laughs> <laughs> <His> witches. <laughs> okay, good discussion. We did two movies in one episode. Two fur! <laughs> okay, so our next uh, episode's covering... The Conjuring 3. The final episode the final in our Conjuring in our... Universe project. Yeah, it's The Conjuring 3. It came out this past year? 2021? 2021, oh, yeah. Oh, it came out this year. The Conjuring was, 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, was it even released in theaters, or did it just go straight to streaming? It went straight to stream. Well, all it the was theaters the theater. were closed. No, it was in the theater. Oh, because some parts of the country had theaters open? <laughs> they, don't, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care about it. <laughs> COVID what? I don't know. COVID what? Come look at these demons. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched it on HBO streaming. I forgot promptly. Promptly? That's promptly a, and also promptly. Promptly. And probably. What probably <laughs> what happened. So I have to rewatch. Yeah, we know. both will be re- re-exploring that. So anyway, thanks for joining us. And then we'll see you next time. If you want to watch the third one i guess if you feel like you need to go <laughs> That's ahead. <a> ringing endorsement <laughs> okay